He's the star of Discovery Channel's Property Wars. He's been personally involved in over 15,000 real estate transactions. Now he's here to help you win the property war. Whether you're buying, selling, investing, or flipping, he's got the answer. It's the Doug Hopkins Flippin' Real Estate Radio Program. It's another edition of the Doug Hopkins Show on KTAR being brought to you by Realty Executives, where the experts are also by Signature Title, the expert's choice for title services, and by Homebridge Financial, making the dream of home ownership a reality. In our studio right now is Dylan Martin for the Doug Hopkins team, Kevin Kaziski from Homebridge Financial, and the one, the only, Mr. Doug yeah, it's good to be back after a week off last week out yeah. in uh, Florida for the week and uh, had a good time out in Tampa Bay. You got to sit there for three days and listen to some of the finest uh, minds in, in real estate from all over the country. I appreciate you calling me that. Uh, you're, you're one of them. You're right <laughs> up there. So uh, no, You were was, there, Darren? I was, was there. All yeah, right. Yeah, myself, I embarrassed. And, I embarrassed Doug. Did you? Oh, What'd you say? He, he, that's nothing new. He does that all the time. He, I mean, half the shows he embarrasses. <laughs> Part me. of it's it, though, good. you you faked him out pretty good. Now yeah, it's good. That's true. That's so true. so we you at this real estate investment seminar. You it's it's a what do they call it? A, a mastermind. Mastermind. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. And so it's 150 of the biggest real estate investors across the country, and then you break off into groups of you know into three different groups, and then each company gives a presentation about what they're really good at. Right. And then they'd give it, they're like, Hey, I could really use help with, you know, people answering the phones or what do you guys use for direct mail or, you know, whatever it may be. Help right? each other. Right. Yeah. We didn't have a weakness. Oh. So we just did. <laughs> we do everything the best. Is that what you're We just with? did what our strength was in our, our strength. I did uh, the, the radio show. Nice. And I said, Hey, you can make money doing a radio show and here's how we do it. Here's the equipment that you need. But the way I started it, remember Doug's birthday? Yeah. So yeah. it's all these very serious and Doug, you know, he's prestigious and you know, he's Doug Hopkins. He's you know reality Whatever. TV star and all Whatever. this, right? <laughs> he's got a lot of respect in there. A and then that's a good thing. Yeah. A lot of clout. So yeah. we start off and, and everybody else has these boring PowerPoint presentations. That's not true. There were some really good ones. Well, I'm saying, but they're boring. They're good, well, but they're boring because yeah. it's about like the economy and Power- PowerPoints are well, so they, like last decade. They, they, right? they, they, to me, they entertain me because I learn a lot from from okay, a lot well, of them. Good. Yeah, well, they're go visual. Ahead, go ahead. Yeah. It was, no, because they, they were really it. good. I really enjoyed a lot of them. Uh, well, there's, I'm there's sure some, Emerald Lagasse likes watching cooking shows. I don't. <laughs> well, that's the difference, right? Because so I mean, he's not in real estate every day. Did. I yeah, am, yeah. and so he he was bored out of his mind. I myself was very intrigued, and, and uh, you know, I loved listening to it. It sounds like they didn't have enough spreadsheets in there for Darren. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There wasn't uh, a lot of spreadsheets. So they, you know, they were giving these presentations. Well, our PowerPoint presentation had audio, and it started with Michael Buffer. And now! Oh, really? You did? Oh, that is I so- left the room, dude. I was embarrassed. Doug got out red-faced and <laughs> ran out of the room, and everybody Darren, was laughing. Darren did the presentation. I had nothing to do with the presentation, so I just walked out of the room. And he didn't know what was coming head. in the presentation. Did you show some of the, the where, how they roasted him? I even birthday? played Gilbert Godfrey oh, doing it. Oh, my gosh. They had to be dying laughing, Yes, though. they were oh, loving it. And Doug God. was just red-faced the whole time and everything. <laughs> we won that. We, we won that. We should have voted for ourselves. That was the problem. There were three of us and two of everybody else. Yeah. Right. And we should have stacked the votes when we had that one. <laughs> it was yeah. all good. That is, that's cool. Well, so what, what was the biggest aha moment you had there, Doug? You think? Well, I, I have a lot, and I have to come back from here and, and just really t- temper it down. But uh, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to bore the people out right. there. That, that, you know, they want to hear about uh, all the processes and procedures that we have in place to, in order to get it. But Let's talk about you. Uh, yeah, you know what? It was a, it was a pretty pretty big week, and last week was a great week in uh, out in Florida. And then uh, I don't know if everyone got a chance to see the uh, CNBC show on Monday night called American Greed. Yeah, American. And for those that have Directv, what what channel is that? Doug? That on on Directv. Oh, for goodness sakes! Oh, three hundred and something. No, it's three fifty five. Three fifty five. I had to figure it out myself. Right. <laughs> I have to tell you. Yeah, I have to tell show. you though. Okay, so we get a call, and and what this show is going to be about is the behind the scenes of American greed, and and that is and pro and. Uh, property wars as well in property yeah. wars um because th- what this what the show was about was one of doug's uh co-stars on on property wars scott right. uh was actually convicted of, of fraud 30 million dollars he opened up these furniture stores hurt a lot of people and hurt a lot of people and, and a man actually even committed suicide over it. and we're, we'll get into all this after a little while 
Um, but I have to tell you, what was it, six months ago maybe when we got the telephone call? Yeah, about five, six months, yeah. And we get the telephone call, and it's a producer from American Greed for Doug Hopkins. And I immediately am like, we are not calling back. <laughs> because, I mean, from a public relations perspective, even though yeah. Doug is on the up and up and everything, the last thing you want is, I'm on is that Doug show. Hopkins' yeah, American Greed. Yep. Do you right, know what I'm saying? Right. And, and then knowing how the news works... You could say two plus two is four and they can twist it into making it a racist comment or a, a you know, some right. kind of comment that you're like, I didn't even mean that. Yeah. And so I was immediately, because I'm very conservative about that, I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Doug had Morgan, who, who handles his public relations, deal with it because I didn't want anything about it. Because right. the last thing I wanted to do was set up an interview, have it go in the toilet, and then have Doug be like, dude, why didn't you protect me from this? Yeah. So my way of protecting him was like, don't do it. Don't do it. Morgan, on the other hand, is like, boom, public relations. We can get this because <laughs> that's what she does, right? Yes, yes. And I stayed as far away from it as possible so that I could totally throw her under the bus if it went wrong. <laughs> By the way, that Morgan's in the room Morgan. with us right now. <laughs> that totally makes sense, actually. Now so I'm that like, I'm looking back, you had nothing to do this with it. This is the now perfect setting. the plan. It is totally yours. You own this. I will tell you this. When I watched it this week, it could not have been better. Yeah. It was an absolute, uh, very honest, and it, it almost looked like you were scripted, Doug. And I know you weren't, because I sat here and I watched when they were filming. Exactly. But I, I, it looked like he could not have said anything better. And I know that every time I've been on TV, I'm like, oh, I wish I would have said this, or I wish I hadn't said it that way, or, or whatever it was. It went off without a hitch. So the bus ain't coming. And I'm giving you props <laughs> because thank I you. think I think you guys did a phenomenal job on it. Oh, thank thank you. Um, you know, it was it, it was very worrisome. You know, I, you never know how you're going to look when it comes out, and you, you know, editing takes place, and you know how they can make you look, and and that sort of thing. Uh, I was nervous about it, but uh, I, I think after the first break, I stood up and just started jumping up and down. Um, like yes, yes you did. so relieved yep, you yep. were going to be okay. Yeah, don't watch. Don't watch. I was you there with, with Doug, and Doug literally stands up from his recliner, jumps up and down. He's Said, they're making me look awesome. Because <laughs> <laughs> Doug is awesome. Was, I was sweating too, and I knew he was. And yeah. so it oh, was, that's scary, man. Because yeah. it could have gone south very easily. Because they have a thirty-minute interview, right? They're they're no, no, oh, it, it was, was like six no, hours, it was like six or seven hours. Oh yeah. my gosh! So they're talking yeah. six hours worth of communication, and they yeah. just pick minutes worth. Yeah. So that could have been spliced and done in a million and a you half. You know what they ways. didn't pick was the two hours that I spent in the back of Doug's car on the hottest day of the oh, year. Oh, you ain't and kidding. And I almost oh. died. Yeah. And there was no footage of it the whole, I mean, yeah. there was some when we were out, yeah. but they didn't use any of the footage from the car. And I seriously thought I was going to die that That day. was so hot. <laughs> it was crazy. We we're in the, and we had to turn the air conditioning off because for audio purposes. Yeah, there they were asking no me questions. There was no the air on. And it's a hundred and. 15 degrees out and we're in a non-air-conditioned car. And with you're a, in a with, black SUV. With, I'm in the black SUV with, with the windows rolled up. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow. Well, they have a clip where you're walking outside. In oh, Los in Los Angeles. Yeah. So yeah. Went and there. I was like, it was 112 degrees or whatever that day. Yep. Yep. No, they did a great job. Uh, here's a little bit of it. And we'll, we'll, we're going to give you the behind the scenes and some of the stuff that was on the cutting room floor yeah. uh, that didn't make it. And, and some of the extra information about this, because uh, this was a very compelling story and it touched a lot of lives here in Phoenix. And uh, Doug has firsthand knowledge of it because he worked on the show with the guy. Set in Phoenix, Arizona, Property Wars premieres on the Discovery Network in 2012. 51,000, let's go. Jump it to 60. This is a strategy game, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to defend my territory. Bam! This 30-episode series is a snapshot in time, capturing the aftermath of the financial crisis and the housing market in freefall and driving neighbors crazy. Arguably, no other city got hit as hard as Phoenix. It was a, a really, really crazy time. It so was this scary. was 2008, 2009, 2010? 
When was well, Property Wars? Property Wars was 2012. They, that's what they said. They deb- it debuted in 2012, and we went into 2013, into, into basically the early part of 2014 was airing. Okay. Yeah. And it went on for two seasons. and Two uh, seasons, here, episodes, right? Two seasons, three well, seasons? Well, it, it was divided up. It was really three seasons, but they divided it up. Uh, they, they call it two seasons, but there was, there was six. The first season was only six episodes. The second, second and third was supposed to be was was twelve episodes a piece. It was twenty four episodes, but the way they did our contracts, uh, they could have as many episodes in a season that they wanted, and only had to pay you because they paid you per season. Of uh, it went up when you signed your contracts, you went up uh, uh, substantially in the third season. So they kept as they put twenty four episodes in the second season, and then divided it into two seasons. But they called it the second season for paying. How much you get paid for that? <laughs> I would rather not say. No, be, it, I mean, give us a range because well, I mean, first, people think it's hundreds of thousands of yeah. dollars an episode. No, 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 no. I, I mean, if if the third season had hit, if uh, then then yes, that would have been the case. But it, it did not. Uh, you know, they they did the twenty four, and um, you know, didn't decided opted. Uh, did you get paid per episode? Yes, correct. More than twenty thousand an episode. I'm not going to say. Come on. Nope. Come on. Oh, I'm not going to say. <laughs> No, it was uh, it, it, the second season was a I decent a amount. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say I, I didn't do it for the money. Why did you do it? I did it for, uh, I, you know, honestly, there's a couple reasons. I, I, and I'll get into how this all happened. But, um, you know, this, this is about the end of the, the segment. That probably got off a little bit easy right there. Okay, I, thanks, I, Joe Biden. My time is up. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You see that? Oh, sorry, my time is up. Can't I'll, answer I'll that question. I'll, I'll go into it in the second segment. All right, it's all coming right. up next, the Doug Hopkins Show. Buy it, sell it, invest it, or flip it. He's the number one realtor in America, and he's right here to answer your real estate questions. This is the Doug Hopkins Flippin' Real Estate Radio Program. Doug Hopkins, and I want to help you find your dream home. That's right. For years, you've seen and heard me talking about fix and flips. But did you know that the Doug Hopkins team of experts at Realty Executives can help you find your dream home and save you big money in the process? With decades of experience, market knowledge, and top-notch negotiation expertise, the Doug Hopkins team will do all we can to find you that perfect home and make sure you come out on top in the deal. With the best team of appraisers, the most trusted team of lenders, and our collective fingers on the pulse of Arizona's real estate market, there is no easier or faster way to find your dream home. Don't waste countless hours, weekends, and gas driving around the valley only to find the home of your dreams was sold three months ago and that the listing hasn't been updated. The Doug Hopkins team's mission is to save you time and money. Are you ready to have the Doug Hopkins team help you find that perfect home? Call 480-498-8000 and get started today. That's 480-498-8000. 480-498-8000. Get the Doug Hopkins team of Realty Executives working for you. Realty Executives is one of the most trusted real estate brands in America. We have more certified luxury home marketing specialist than any other company in the state. A top performing designation earned by less than 1% of all realtors. I'm Jeff Hart, co-owner of Realty Executives. No matter where you live in the Valley, we have offices and local area experts familiar with your neighborhood. The Valley is constantly growing and so are we. Come see our newest offices in North Scottsdale at the corner of Pinnacle Peak and Scottsdale Road and in Gilbert at the northwest corner of Val Vista and Williamsfield. Realty Executives, where the experts are. Equal housing opportunity broker. here to help you win the property war it's the doug hopkins flippin real estate radio program you may have seen it this week on american greed it was uh, based in phoenix and it was based on one of doug's co-stars in property wars who is now serving a 17 year prison that? sentence doug yeah. was on uh that edition of american greed it was also on last night uh again on on repeats and i'm sure you can see it uh, a lot more as well Yeah, you can get it on demand if you have direct tv or I, I i think uh uh cox has it as well so um yeah it's cnbc american greed it's a great show even even you know, I was looking at a lot of the other episodes, you know, uh, after they called me up. It's a great show. It's Very interesting. Really Do you have those on show. Hulu or Netflix or anything? Yeah, they're on Hulu I'm as sure, well. yeah. 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 Uh, also, I'll you can see an uh, encore performance of it uh 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. on Monday. Yeah. Uh, it'll be playing as well. Property Wars is a show that Doug was on back in, uh, what, 2013, 2012? 13, Around 14, that area. Yeah. Uh, and it actually went international. This is uh, Doug Hopkins... Uh, in Turkey, this is if you were watching, and I'm not kidding here. This is the actual episode uh, as it aired in Turkey, and the voiceover is saying what Doug's saying, like as if as if it's Doug here. 
This is Doug actually fighting with Scott. Clack, 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 clack. All right, we've heard enough of that. <laughs> no, wait, you got to wait till Doug wins. Watch. Doug goes inside of the house. You have a great voice, Doug. <laughs> Doug's like, I'm the man. Yeah. <laughs> Is that when you raise your hands up like a champion? Yeah. Watch. Doug's getting ready to walk. He's saying, I'm walking inside of the house in just a minute. Wonder what's inside. That's going to be your new catchphrase, Doug, right there. I'm making that your text tone right there. That's going to be your text tone. That is awesome. Wow. So, who'd they get to dub that? Just somebody from Turkey? Uh, Oh, yeah. Ahmed. Very famous over there in Turkey. Morgan, can you make sure that goes on Facebook? That's the first thing I was thinking. Okay, good. Yahoo! Yahoo! Back to the seriousness of this, and, and that is when. When Doug went on Property Wars, there were uh, other people in the crew and everything. Uh, it was a very turbulent time in Arizona real estate. Doug Hopkins has been a fixture in the Phoenix area real estate market for more than 20 years. All of a sudden, poof, the, the floor just fell out. And houses that were previously bought for 300000 were worth a third of that, $100,000. What the lenders did, because nobody would buy these, they wound up discounting the notes uh, substantially to make it so that people at the courthouse steps would buy them so banks wouldn't have to take them in as inventory. And so we would go down and bid on them. And Doug wasn't the only person on the show, obviously. Hopkins appears on the show with a varied crew of house flippers and investors, all looking to cash in on an unprecedented foreclosure market. We would bid every single day. It's it's a live auction. When there's thousands of dollars on the line, it tends to create some animosity, tends to create some some enemies. There was a lot of my competitors that I really liked, and there was some that I uh, didn't like very much at all. One of his biggest competitors and co-star is Yumtop Scott Monaghan, a New York transplant who is making a name for himself flipping houses in Phoenix. I didn't know who Scott was at the time. He was mostly bought houses on the west side of town. I bought some on the east side of town, and that kind of changed once the camera started rolling. And so why didn't you like Scott Monoghan? I didn't know him. Uh, I'll give you a little background um, about what was going on. So um, back in 2011, I mean, th- things were going nuts down at the auction. I mean, it was it was insane. There was thousands of houses a day going at auction. And basically what you were doing is running a bidding service where investors would come to you and because they couldn't go all go to the auction at the same time. And they would basically say, hey, I, I, here's what I'm willing to pay for a house. Will you please bid for me? Yeah, that, that's the case. And most of my clients were on the East Valley. And I was buying um, almost uh, 75% of everything that was going in the East Valley. And your company time. was driving around the night before. You had people that were looking at the house and putting together reports for the investors so that they didn't have to do all that research. That's where I come in. Yep, yeah. yep. Dylan was that's how I started. That's you were exactly one of the drivers? Started. Yeah, I started in 2010, right out of high school. And... Uh, I was going in through doggy doors because I was not a big guy. (laughs) So every night, the drivers would go around and they'd see what houses were going to be up for auction the next day. You'd take pictures of them. Yep. Say, here's what the kitchen looks like. Here's what, you know, here's what you're probably going to have to put into it. And then the investors would then tell you, Doug, okay, I'm willing to bet uh, bid up to $120,000 for it. Yep, that's correct. So so we would send out the list and, and they would let us know what they wanted to bid on it and, and we'd take the highest bidder and we use that number and and uh, and buy the homes. And um, so I didn't really uh, associate too much with uh, a lot of my competitors at that time. Scott had just started really getting into the business at that point. Um, he became, he was, he was uh, uh, came on with one of the other guys in town and became a partner with him. Uh, and, but they were, they mostly were on the West side and we were mostly on the East side. Um, once the show started, um, I, I met Scott for the first time. Uh, well, we had, we had met a few times before I knew who he was. Um, I knew he was, uh, didn't have a very good reputation. Um, he was, he was very much a loud mouth and opinionated and brash, uh, but I had never had any interactions with him. And then uh, uh, we had our first meeting um, at, at that, the pilot show, which, which I think would have been probably one of the better episodes. Uh, we really had no idea who we, each other were, and we were outside of a house in, um, 
I went uh, outside of in Gilbert, and um, we started bidding on the house live. And, uh, the, you know, we had our bidders at, at the courthouse steps. Well, at the time, this house in Gilbert was probably worth about a hundred and maybe one hundred and eighteen to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. I mean, the, it, it was it was not in very good condition. It was smaller and it was occupied. Is uh, that what it was worth after it was fixed up? That's what it was worth after it was fixed up. Gotcha. And the opening bid was like seventy, no, sixty six thousand dollars, and we got bid oh. up there. And I figured I'd, I'd probably want sixty six grand for a house in Wow, numbers. sorry, Isn't that crazy? can you that imagine crazy. those days? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And uh, first of all, to even get me out at the property uh, took them a lot because I didn't want to do the show at first. And why not? Um, uh, you know, I, I was doing so well. Uh, we were buying 200, 200 to three hundred houses a month at courthouse steps, and I didn't want. A big show, you know, at the time, uh, Storage Wars was was really big. And um, I know that the guys who were on Storage Wars, uh, they said since that show started, you know, the crowds have gotten bigger and bigger because people are like, oh, I could do that. I want to go down and... Oh, and, and, yeah. And yeah. Makes sense. More competition. So, yeah, I didn't want to have more competition. But basically what I was told is the show is greenlit, which means the show is going to air. It's it's They are already approved by Discovery Channel and it's going to air. And if I didn't do it, my competitions was, and if I, if, and I'm like, you know what, if I don't do this and this hits, um, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. All right. So you uh, get there to the pilot episode, you meet Scott, where Scott, things go wrong. And we start bidding. And, 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 um, what I didn't, what I didn't realize is you, I'm a really competitive person and, uh, I don't like to lose. And when the cameras are in your face and you have two cameras, one, in, one on a side of you and one in front of you and, um, and they're looking at you and you got producers in the background and you're bidding and you're bidding on the phone and you, you, you're trying to take this all in. It's a surreal experience. I mean, you're just like, what's going on? You know, and I should have been out at 80 and I should have been out at 82 and I should have been out at 85, but I kept bidding higher and higher because I did not want to lose and neither did he. Everybody else dropped off. It was me and Scott. And I bought that house at $100,000. And it's worth 112 fixed up. It's worth 100 and about 112. At that point. Uh, it's worth about 300 now. It's worth, yeah, 112 to 118, somewhere in there. And um, and I bought it. And uh, after I bought it, I took my papers. I had a ton of papers from all the houses I was driving from the morning. And I threw them up in the air right on the, it's on Saratoga Street. And, and I remember the, the house. I still own it to this day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't yeah, sell it. I couldn't sell it. So I just kept it as a rental. Yeah. And, and thank God I did actually. It turned out to be a blessing in disguise because that house is probably worth about 300 grand right now. But, uh, you know, so tripling your money in, in a matter of six, seven years is, is probably, it's, it's a good thing. I, I think anyone would take that. But well, what's Scott do? I didn't know that. So, uh, so we just started screaming at each other i started screaming at him going what the heck are you doing you know what the, you know and and um and then i turned to the you know we we got into each other's face and i started screaming at him and then i turned to the the uh, producer and i said is that what you're looking for guys and the producer's like oh my gosh that's the best thing i've ever seen <laughs> and and uh he goes dude you're hired we're film we start filming next month you're, that's it done and he, he made it the, the he had the, the control to do that and uh next thing i know a month later i was out there filming property wars and it was actually a couple of episodes we, we that we almost came to blows bully. people around what bully and that was real timber <laughs> you know, he said some some comments that really, really aggravated me. And sometimes you just get fed up with the antics, and I'd had enough that day. You're a get off my get off property. Get the off my property. I'm freaking leaving. It's very rare that that I can get that worked up. I can get mad, but very, very rare. I haven't been in a fight since high school, and I was ready to, to go a couple times. And it's probably a good thing that that some of the producers stepped in. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. Jackass. How much of it was real? How much of it was for the cameras? Well, uh, that, that what you're talking about right there is, that was real. I remember exactly what happened. There was there was two instances where, where me and him really, really blew up at each other. Um, one, he mentioned something about my daughters. And uh, and the other one, um, you know, he, he was just talking some smack. And he just, I was not in the mood to hear it that day. And we, we got into it. So, well, that's what it is. what he did what he was sentenced to and the lives he destroyed american greed scott will give you the details next over fifteen thousand real estate transactions and growing this is the flippin real estate radio program with doug hopkins from discovery channel's property wars so take me home 
I'm Jeff Hawk, co-owner of Realty Executives. I've been a Phoenician for over 34 years, and in that time, it feels like the Valley's tripled in size. Realty Executives is one of the largest real estate companies in Phoenix. And that's important because it means you'll get a consistent experience no matter where you are in the Valley, while still providing a local area expert familiar with your neighborhood. As the Valley grows, so does Realty Executives, where the experts are. Come see our newest office in North Scottsdale at the corner of Pinnacle Peak and Scottsdale Road. Equal Housing Opportunity Broker. What would you say to somebody who's willing to make you an as-is cash offer on your house? This is Doug Hopkins from Realty Executives and DougHopkins.com. You heard right. I don't care if it's a total fixer-upper or in perfect condition. I will make you an as-is cash offer on your house within 24 hours. When I say I'll buy your house as-is, that means you don't have to fix or repair anything or even get it ready to show to potential buyers. I buy houses all across the valley at any price, any condition, and any size. And here's the best part. When you sell your house to DougHopkins.com, there are no fees, no commissions, no banks, and absolutely no repairs. We make the offer and you pick the closing date. It's that easy. So how do you get your as-is cash offer within 24 hours? Go to DougHopkins.com and get the ball rolling today. No phone numbers to remember, just my easy-to-remember website, DougHopkins.com. Again, that's DougHopkins.com. DougHopkins.com for all your real estate needs. A certified luxury home marketing specialist is a prestigious national designation earned by top performing realtors who achieve the highest level of standards in real estate. They're experts. Realty Executives has more certified luxury home marketing specialists than any other company in the state. I'm Jeff Hawk, co-owner of Realty Executives. Regardless of the price of your home, our career professional agents have the education and experience to help guide you through one of the largest financial decisions you'll ever make. Realty Executives, where the experts are. Equal Housing Opportunity Broker. He's here to help you win the property war. It's the Doug Hopkins Flippin' Real Estate Radio Program. Doug Hopkins Flippin' Real Estate Radio Program being brought to you by Homebridge Financial. It's time to do it. The rates are low. He proved to us that he knows better than most because we all bet at the beginning of the year which way rates are going. And uh, Kevin Kaziski with Homebridge Financial said, no, I think they're going to go lower. And we were all, you're crazy. <laughs> and they're right. lower. As a matter That's of fact, right. the Fed just cut the uh, interest rate by another quarter point. This they will. We'll they get did. back to the whole property wars thing. Yeah, and, hey, I got stuff. a comment on that because you, you mentioned something, how competitive you were with Scott. Yeah. And my favorite episode by far was when he was making a comment on your weight and you ended up having a, a running race. And you beat him. And not only did you beat him, he fell on his face. That and was hilarious. That was, I think you can Google it, but so, that was, that was yeah, great. So he, yes. he fell, he fell on his face. Uh, we, we lined up, we each gave a hundred dollars to John Ray, who was one of the other guys on the show. We lined up and the camera's crew went crazy because it was just an impromptu thing. I mean, it yeah. just happened, uh, you know, spontaneously. And, um, and we lined up to, to, to run and uh, he wound up tripping and like we, we got a few, a few uh, yards ahead and then he wound up tripping and he fell and uh, uh, on his face, his phone went flying. He almost broke his broke his arm. He had to go yeah. to the hospital. Uh, oh, jeez, I didn't know he had to go. Yeah, to the he hospital. went to the hospital to get a to, to get an X ray to see if his arm was broken. Well, the crazy <laughs> thing, Doug, is you're way faster than you look, and uh, <laughs> that's a compliment for Dangerous sure. Dangerous with short distances. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you give Kevin Kasiski a call at Homebridge four eight zero five six zero five 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 five. So uh, this week there was a uh, segment. Actually, it was a whole uh, edition of American Greed. It'll air again on Monday at four and eight p.m. Uh, and it was about uh, Doug's. Well, you know, I don't even want to associate you with the guy but he was on the same show as you are property wars yeah. uh back in 2012 2013 scott monogad and uh man so much was going on and and i know in the past shows doug has said yeah i never really liked that guy even before he was arrested uh and this is a little bit more about what was on american greed hopkins appears on the show with a varied crew of house flippers and investors all looking to cash in on an unprecedented foreclosure market we would bid every single day. It's it's a live auction. When there's thousands of dollars on the line, it tends to create some animosity, tends to create some, some enemies. There was a lot of my competitors that I really liked, and there was some that I uh, didn't like very much at all. One of his biggest competitors and co-star is Yum Top Scott Monoghan, a New York transplant who is making a name for himself flipping houses in Phoenix. I didn't know who Scott was at the time. He was mostly bought houses on the west side of town. I bought some on the east side of town, and that kind of changed once the cameras started rolling. 
So they fired up and everything and the, the show's going and then, you know, there's life after the show. You're still doing real estate and Monogat's doing real, was doing real estate afterwards. Uh, why is he on American Greed? What happened? Well, basically, uh, you could say probably right about uh, when the show ended, um, you know, things started tightening up. Uh, a lot. And uh, that's kind of when the... There weren't so many foreclosures there, anymore. There weren't very many foreclosures, as, as many as there were. There were still a lot, but there were still not as many as before. Not only that, but uh, information that got out, out there about, um, you know, uh, how to go ahead and buy foreclosures. There were a lot more bidding companies that... Uh, so what you thought going, was going to happen after the show, where there was going to be a lot more competition, actually turned out happening. Not only that, but uh, then the big institutions started coming in. Wall Street money started coming in, right? And... Uh, Warren Buffett came out and said, uh, I think it was it was right around then, uh, 2013, he said, uh, if I was younger, I'd take all my money and I'd buy up uh, single-family homes all over the country. Yeah. And uh, as soon as he said that, you know, Wall Street listened. And uh, next thing you know, all these big companies were formed. And, uh, you know, it's one thing if you're a, a you know, a, a, if you have a small little business and you're, you know, you're doing 20, 30 homes a month and, you know, every, every house counts, you know, you can't afford to lose money on, on these houses. And there's another one where, you know, you're an institution that has billions of dollars behind you and they can afford, they're, they're going on the long play. They're, they're saying, okay, we're buying at the bottom. They're using it more as a stock rather than a, um, uh, a quick flip, you, yeah. you know, a quick flip. And so they, they're going to hold these houses. So they were able to pay. We represented some of these companies out in California their, their orders were to pay 115% of the property's value. Do you understand what it's like to compete against that? If you're used to bidding against uh, bidding for houses and you have to flip them to it make a It was a, a short game versus a long game. You, yeah. you couldn't, we couldn't compete. And, uh, and so what happened was Scott just started buying all these houses. And I remember in the t at the time going, how the heck is Scott buying these houses? Like, there's no room. There's no spread and um, and what he was doing apparently was getting two different hard money loans. So he would uh, he would tell uh, Denny that the Denny was had a company here it was a hard money company, and which means uh, when you buy a foreclosure house, you have to pay for it the next business day. So you put ten thousand dollars up the day you buy it, and you have to buy the rest. You have to pay the rest. So if you buy a house for a hundred thousand dollars, you have to pay ten thousand that day, and within twenty four hours, you have to pay the other ninety grand. Here's more from American Greed. In order to win big, Monogat needs cash. A lot of cash. For this, he turns to a man named Denny Chittick. Denny Chittick is the sole owner and operator of Densco. I did a lot of loans with him myself, and I had a lot of my clients do loans with him. Denny Chittick knew his investors. It was his family members. It was his friends and people he'd met. So this is a guy that he knew, and he was a hard money lender, Denny Chittick. Yep. And he was very respected throughout the industry. He sure was. A straight shooter. Yep. Um, and in a lot of this industry is it, you know, the trust, but verify, but a lot of this industry is really built on trust. Do you believe that the person that's borrowing the money from you is going to pay you back? And, and, and likewise, um, real quick, I, I'm just so the audience knows hard money is he was coming up. So that 90 grand that you needed the next day, he would give you that 90 grand. Like he'd have a cashier's check for the bank for 90,000 to pay the rest of the house. Right. Off. So these hard money lenders were doing millions and millions of dollars every month, just so people are clear. They were loaning those out. And yeah. and what Denny had done, because he was so respected in the industry and through, throughout his family and friends, his family and friends, this is it. That, that's their money that he was loaning out. Yeah. Um, and, and it was tens of millions of dollars, he ultimately. Had, he had about $50 million in the pipeline, of which uh, Scott Monagid, um Allegedly, not allegedly. I guess no, he's convicted, convicted of it. Convicted of it. Stole uh, over thirty million of it. Thirty million bucks. And the wow. way he would do it is, they had a long relationship, right? And uh, he would send over a, um, uh, he would he would send over the bid sheet. So when you when you want a house, you get a bid sheet. So he'd send over the bid sheet, and he'd say, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna need ninety percent of this because he'd, he'd loan ninety percent of it. So say if it was a hundred thousand dollars, he'd need ninety thousand dollars. So he he would send out. He would say, go, uh, I'm sorry. Denny would send the $90,000 to Scott. Scott would grab it, take a picture, take, get a cashier's check made out to the trustee, who is who you had to make the, the check payable to. And then he would take a picture of it and send it over to uh, Denny and saying, okay, got it. But what he would really do is put it right back into the bank. 
he would he would say, you know what, we're not going to use this and put it right back in the bank. And he would get his loan from a different company. So uh, and he would sign the loan docs on each loan. And then what he did was eventually declare bankruptcy and left uh, left him out in the cold. So it started with with Scott going to Denny and saying, hey, uh, my cousin stole five million dollars from me. Yes. And it's the money that you've loaned me. I thought he was buying these houses, and he, and he wasn't buying the houses. But we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it right. I need you to loan me more money. And so Denny's in a position where he's like, "My gosh, I just lost five million dollars of my parents' money, my friends' money, my aunts and uncles, grandparents, whatever it may be. I got to figure this out." And so he loaned because he still trusted Scott because he thought it was Scott's cousin. He loaned twenty-five more oh, million geez. dollars to him, and it turns out. That it wasn't Scott's cousin. It was Scott the whole night. What did they say? Out of 1,600 houses or 1,700 houses that 20, he had purchased? 2,700. 2,700 houses? Which only 92 of them had real loans on He had only, because wow. what hard money lenders do is they take the, you know, the first lien right. on it. But because he was doing it fraudulently, Scott, there was no recourse, no money to be brought back right he basically had like on a hundred thousand dollar house he had two loans out for ninety thousand each right so he literally owed one hundred eighty thousand dollars on a hundred thousand dollar house right that's what happened because he took two on, loans out on some of those but i think on some of them some it, were three hundred thousand. no it kind of looks like on some of them denny trusted him and loaned him the money and he never bought the house oh wow and, and he took that picture of a cashier's check he would write a cashier's check to the title company take a picture of it like here you go man i just paid him and he didn't, and then he go deposit it right back in his bank account. Jeez. So obviously it got to a point with Denny to where, what do you do? And I can understand as a stand up guy, you're, you're sitting there and you're thinking you've got to face everybody and well, face your friends and family. And yeah. this is what happened. XY pulls up in front of Kiddick's Arizona home with their 10 and 11 year old hey, sons. Turn this off for a second. I, you know what? Uh, I just don't want to hear that again. It's it's a really tough story to, to listen to. Uh, let people listen to it if they want to on their own on their own time. The uh, that that's the one part of the story that I really didn't I could have done without because uh, it, it just places you right there uh, and and the kids are there that his kids it really is, it was uh, his kids found it, it yeah and and I I gave me goosebumps when I watched it it gives me goosebumps when I think about it, it gives me goosebumps right now so I'd rather not play that part of it um, but. Uh, you know, it was a... Uh, he ended his life. He did. He, he committed suicide, unfortunately, uh, hung himself, and, and his kids found him. And, and it goes into the description about that, and I just didn't want it to play that again. I do want to play the note, though, if that's okay. The what? The note. That he left. The no, the, okay, yeah, the note, yes. In a five-page apology letter to his investors, Chittick writes, Going through the legal process is an unbearable thought. Years spent in courts and lawyers trying to settle this all out. I've decided to be my own judge and jury, and I decided the death penalty. I'm never going to see my amazing boys grow up. It just broke my heart. I heard how he was found, and I was just in shock. That gives you a good feeling about what a, what a piece of trash Scott Monogat is. Yeah. Wow. What a piece of trash. You know, you can't charge him with... Um, I wish you could. Yeah, you can't charge him with, with homicide or, or, or... What's the other one? The, the manslaughter. manslaughter. Manslaughter, yeah. You can't do it. But he's... You know what? But, but it's on his direct, hands. He's, it's, he's the direct Blood on his hands, for Absolutely. sure. So yeah. what wound up happening to him, and there was another scam that he was pulling all at the same time, and you won't even imagine what he had to say about Denny's death. It's all next. Over 15,000 real estate transactions and growing. This is the Flippin' Real Estate Radio Program with Doug Hopkins from Discovery Channel's Property Wars. So take me home. I'm Jeff Hawk, co-owner of Realty Executives. I've been a Phoenician for over 34 years, and in that time, it feels like the Valley's tripled in size. Realty Executives is one of the largest real estate companies in Phoenix. That's important because it means you'll get a consistent experience no matter where you are in the Valley, while still providing a local area expert familiar with your neighborhood. As the Valley grows, so does Realty Executives, where the experts are. Come see our newest office in North Scottsdale at the corner of Pinnacle Peak and Scottsdale Road. Equal Housing Opportunity Broker. What would you say to somebody who's 
is willing to make you an as-is cash offer on your house. This is Doug Hopkins from Realty Executives and DougHopkins.com. You heard right. I don't care if it's a total fixer-upper or in perfect condition. I will make you an as-is cash offer on your house within 24 hours. When I say I'll buy your house as-is, that means you don't have to fix or repair anything or even get it ready to show to potential buyers. I buy houses all across the valley at any price, any condition, and any size. And here's the best part. When you sell your house to DougHopkins.com, there are no fees, no commissions, no banks, and absolutely no repairs. We make the offer and you pick the closing date. It's that easy. So how do you get your as-is cash offer within 24 hours? Go to DougHopkins.com and get the ball rolling today. No phone numbers to remember, just my easy-to-remember website, DougHopkins.com. Again, that's DougHopkins.com. DougHopkins.com for all your real estate needs. A certified luxury home marketing specialist is a prestigious national designation earned by top-performing realtors who achieve the highest level of standards in real estate. They're experts. Realty Executives has more certified luxury home marketing specialists than any other company in the state. I'm Jeff Hawk, co-owner of Realty Executives. Regardless of the price of your home, our career professional agents have the education and experience to help guide you through one of the largest financial decisions you'll ever make. Realty Executives, where the experts are. Equal housing opportunity broker. You just bought a new house or just sold the one you're in. The excitement, the anticipation, the move. Don't let this special moment be ruined and don't let the move take the air out of your balloon. Let Just-In-Time Moving do the heavy lifting and make your move a breeze. With over 10 years serving the Valley, locally owned and five-star rated with hundreds of reviews, Just-In-Time Moving is professional, responsible, award-winning, and affordable. Move your home or office, in-state or out, Just-In-Time Moving. 480-213-0395. That's 480-213-0395. Make your home the best flipping home on the block. Find the right contractors and don't waste your money on the wrong repairs, upgrades, and improvements. Once again, here's Doug Hopkins on the Flippin' Real Estate Radio Program. See, Doug Hopkins, Flippin' Real Estate Radio Program, being brought to you by Realty Executives, where the experts are. Also by Signature Title, the expert's choice for title services. And the uh, Doug Hopkins team, if you're looking to sell your house, you can, of course, go to DougHopkins.com. If you need help buying or selling a house, contact Dylan Martin. Absolutely. Give me a call, 480-498-8000. Me and Kevin have been working. Kevin and I. Kevin and I. Really close together, and we are moving and grooving. Yes, we, we are, Dylan, for sure. Right now. Yes. What but do you mean working close together? I mean that Kevin and I are uh, have six properties that are pending right now. So we have six different clients, six different families. That are buying houses. That are buying houses all over the valley. We have three new builds, one in Maricopa, one in Surprise, one in Mesa that are going on right now that are, you know, six months out at least with the, where the new build process is at with these folks. And then we have some resales that we're doing as well in Gilbert, Queen Creek, and Phoenix. And every day we're getting new people uh, over to Kevin to get pre-approved. So yeah, we, we pre-approve them, get them into a, a good rate, make sure they're qualified. So mm-hmm. Dylan can go write the contract. Yeah. I've been, I, we do a lot of listings, right? You hear us talk about the properties that we're launching every single week. And I have been driving all over the Valley showing houses this last couple of weeks. It's been a lot of fun. It's been busy. 480-498-8000 is the number to call for uh, Dylan Martin or Kevin Kaziski. Uh, you want to get pre-approved for a loan? 480 480- Five six zero five 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 five, and I'm so anxious to get back to the story there with Scott. But real quick, first time homebuyers, a new program just came out. MCC Credit, we're uh, offering at Homebridge, where uh, you know if you haven't been able to qualify before, we can qualify you now. So please ask about that. Set in Phoenix, Arizona, Property Wars premieres on the Discovery Network in 2012. Fifty-one thousand. Let's go. Jump it to sixty. This is a strategy game. I'm going to do whatever it takes to defend my territory. You may remember Doug from Property Wars on Discovery Channel and one of the people that was also on the show uh, in 2017 uh, was convicted of massive amounts of fraud. We've been telling the behind the scenes story uh, on it uh, because it was featured on American Greed this week. You can also see it again on Monday at 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. on CNBC. Doug, uh, was you participated in the interview with CNBC. Yep. And uh, you were able to tell the story of Scott Monogat. So if you've just tuned in, what we've told so far is basically the story of property wars and then what happened after property wars. And Scott Monogat went off and uh, basically built $30 million out of a local home lender or money lender, uh, Denny Chetik. And once Denny Chetik figured out that $30 million of his, his parents, his friends, his family, everybody that had trusted him with that money was gone. Danny wound up taking his own life 
And he said, basically, in his suicide note, I, I can't, I can't even imagine facing you all now. And he was, it wasn't that he took the money. He was just responsible for their money. And he was built by Scott Monogat. Uh, that wasn't the only thing that Monogat did. Um, but here's really quick. I want to show you what kind of a guy this, this Scott guy is. Here's what he said after Danny Chittick took his own life. Scott Monogat learned that Denny Chittick had killed himself, he said, that's a gift. Dead men don't talk. Who has wow. a conscience like that? That's insane. I mean, you literally have the, the man's life on your hands or his death in your hands because it's you're the cause of his death. E even in sentencing, here's what happened. The Veronica Castro, also convicted of conspiracy to commit bank fraud, testifies that Monogad thought Chittick's death would help him get out of trouble. She testified at the sentencing that Scott Monogad described Denny Chittick's death as a gift. He said to her, it's a dead man's word against mine. I just can't, I can't fathom that somebody would have no conscience whatsoever. It's, uh, it's insane, you know, I... I saw so many times, uh, you know, things that he did um, on a much lesser level, you know, just uh, the way he treated people, the way he treated the set hands and, the, you know, the, the people that helped out on the show that, uh, you know, the assistant producers and the guys that would bring you breakfast every day, the guys that would bring you coffee. And I mean, come on. It's not like you guys weren't big stars. No. no <laughs> you know no, what no. I'm saying? You never acted like it, a big star, but it, no, it but went it, to his it, head. It went to like his head. D level, F level at that point. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, it, but he thought, uh, you know, the 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 world revolved around him. Uh, I I would watch him not get. He say, "I'm not getting out of the car until someone goes gets me a red Gatorade." I'll never forget that. And I went over there and started screaming at him. Uh, he'd go into his car to smoke a cigarette, and he's like, "I'm not getting out of here until I'm finishing my cigarette." Uh, you know, we'd be everyone be sit there waiting for him. It'd be 100 degrees out there. We're all sitting out waiting to to, to do a do a shot. And, you just say, I'll, I'll come out when I get, you know, you guys have to wait for the star. So you saw those minimal things, but yeah. you know, those I minimal, never, if somebody's capable of doing he that. Didn't care, yeah, he didn't care about anybody else's time. He didn't care yeah. about anybody else's But who would have thought they But that's know, a different yeah. level. Of, yeah, that's a different level of uh, narcissism. So he, he ran another scam. He opened up these furniture stores. Yeah. And he, he started opening up these furniture stores and he would look at the obituaries and find uh, people that had just passed away, open up credit. He owned uh, these furniture stores and he would open up credit at his store under these people's names, make the actually make the payment for, you know, he'd write up five, six, seven thousand bucks, make the payment, a couple of payments for a hundred, 150 bucks or whatever, and then stop making the payments. He got them after he got So the somebody money. would, he'd find it in the Arizona Republic, the, in the obituaries, yep. somebody passed away. He would go down to his own store. He'd fill out a credit application in that person name yep. for a two thousand dollar couch or whatever yep. and then the bank would pay his furniture store two thousand bucks yep. but he never had to get rid of the couch or anything and it was in the in the dead person's credit's name yep yep he would do that and he did that uh, and that's ultimately is what really really got him because that's that was federal right so so when when you start uh taking money and stealing money from the banks and the banks figured it out and that's when everything started rolling downhill so uh it, when after denny committed suicide there was no charges yet everyone knew that he had stole the money it was all around town but there was no charges. Yeah, what did people know i'm curious i, I mean cause... everyone knew that that's why i mean denny had left a letter he had left several letters for everybody in town i mean i mean not everybody within his in his circle and this real estate world the, the real estate investing business is a very small circle, everybody right? talks everybody talks so I mean, that next day I was getting calls. I must've gotten 30, 40 calls from people. And, uh, so I knew exactly what had happened. I knew exactly why, why Denny did what he did. Um, in fact, I knew the guy who was trying to handle the, the aftermath of, of it and, and going over his books and everything. And I called him up and he was just beside himself. He's like, Doug, this is an absolute mess. So He's, what did, what did, what did Scott, did he, did he just stop showing up places? Did yeah, he, hide he, was, he, was, he was, he was, so uh, he bailed or yeah, did he, he was nowhere to be found. He, he was, nobody was seeing him around town. He was not, he was not being around at all um but you know when the, when the banks caught up with him about what he was doing with the furniture store that's when everything really came down and then they kind of melded the two cases together and, and was able to get 17 years out of it so yeah here's from american green Pleads guilty to conspiracy to commit bank fraud aggravated identity theft and conspiracy to commit money laundering he is sentenced to 17 years in federal prison see most of that is from the credit card stuff. It's not even from what he did with Denny. 
Wow. You know, that that's that's what he really got nailed on. Yeah, it really didn't sound like hardly anything of, of that. Exactly. Now, Doug, my understanding was Denny spelled out exactly what he did. Is that true? Yeah, it, he, he did. He, he, he went through the whole thing of, of what happened. I mean, there was a, there was a huge letter, and it was, it was also a letter uh, dated to the guy he wanted to, to help, you know, put together the books of, of the guy who taught him, his old partner, wow. and, and uh, in which he did. And he got paid nothing for it uh, and just went in and tried to help out, you know, the, 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 the investors and trying to get them back as much money as they possibly could. Was any money recovered? Whatever. Yeah, I mean, they got uh, 20, it was like 20 million of the 50 million, so, but he still 30 million. I don't know how much more was recovered after that. I, I heard that uh, I think the FBI just uh, found some money that he was stashed about five million. Um, I don't know that to be the, to be true. I'm just that's something I heard. That's hearsay. So, but I heard that uh, they got another five million just not too long ago. That 17 is. years. 17 years. Yes, uh, that's a long time, man. You know, that's a, that's not a long, long time. enough in my book. I, I I agree with you. Anyone that's that heartless and cold and calculating and narcissistic, um, you know, uh, he's he's got he's got a you know, he's got a lot of time to think about it. Hopefully he comes out a changed man. Uh, and I think it's federal time. So he has to do at least 85% of the 17 years. So, you know, minimum of 15 of the, of the 17, um, with his mouth, I would imagine he's going to get in some trouble or, or probably already has in there, uh, with authority. <laughs> do they so, put him? and I guess you probably wouldn't know this, but they're not going to throw him in a, in a hard court like Florence. They're going to put him in a country club. Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a federal prison. I don't know where he's at. I don't really care. I have no plans of going to visit him anytime soon. Uh, so, um, no, but he'll be, I think he was about 10 years younger than me. So he'll probably be about, you know, in his early fifties when he gets out, I would imagine. Um, you got know, one minute left. What would you say to him if you could talk to him right now? The, the, to who? To Scott. To Scott. I, I wouldn't, I would, I, would, I have nothing to say to him. Um, there's nothing to say to the guy. I, 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 I wouldn't, there's nothing to say. Nothing to say. Nothing, no, nothing to you're say. You're absolutely I, right. Yeah, what else can you say to a guy like no. that? All right, um, you can check out a encore presentation of American Greed Monday night, 4 p.m. in the afternoon and uh, 8 p.m. on CNBC. Yep, or online as well. So, And then uh, we'll have the links also on uh, on Facebook at uh, Doug Hopkins Real Estate. So uh, feel free to go up there and, and take a look. And uh, listen, go have a uh, great rest of the weekend, everybody. Uh, go Cardinals tomorrow. And uh, happy investing, everybody. Have a good weekend. This is the Doug Hopkins Flippin' Real Estate Radio Program.